This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. Well, after a great night at Reading, our tails were up and going into the game at home to Swansea on a Friday night under the lights was a great atmosphere. It was a strange night because it was a night where I think we played really well. Our tails were up, the momentum was there and unfortunately it's ended in defeat. But we're going to go through the game, chew over the fat, go through the minutes, start in the lineup. Um, with me, as always, is Matt Withers. Matt, how's it all going? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, nice to uh, to be talking early on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. After the week I've had of driving a thousand miles, but, you know, appreciate uh, you've got kids. So. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's 9am on yeah. Saturday morning. It's the, the morning after the night before. We've also got <laughs> Nige with us. Nige, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, Patch. Yeah, good morning to everyone. You were at the game yesterday? Yes, yes, I was there last night. As you said, I think you summed it up. Good good atmosphere and, uh, yeah, good good game, all but albeit the result, really. Yeah, absolutely. We've got lots to get through um, in the minute. So, But we'll, before we do that, the starting lineup was as I expected. Um, I fully expected Andy King to drop out, whether he was, you know, carrying a knock or a bit of fatigue. He sort of, you know, was sat on the floor at Reading, um, and when he when he came off and Hanno Masengo came on, Masengo took his opportunity. Um, he's a real Rottweiler of a player. He does not let go of that ball and you know, played himself into the team for me tonight, regardless of whether Andy King was fully fit. But uh, that was the that was the only change. Um, Matt, for you, any any surprises in the starting lineup? Uh, no, no, we expected that, didn't we? Because because um, King went off quite early. Um, we were a little bit worried about campering, um, but obviously that just looked like um, fatigue on Wednesday. I suppose you kind of question Callum O'Dada and what's happening there because initially after the injury at Blackpool, which let's bear in mind was right in the very early stages of that game, um, we were led to believe it would be a week, you know, that he would be back in... Um, obviously, we, we saw them in the stands at Reading with the fans, which was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of hoped that he would be on the bench. And, and probably a surprise was that, that Antoine Semenya was, because I expected him to probably be after the international break that we'd even see him in, in any kind of cameo. So that, that was good from that point of view. But yeah, I'd, um, I'd like to know a little bit more how, how long Callum O'Dowd is likely to be out, and, and potentially Joe Williams as well. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Williams and Callum O'Dowd two great shouts there, Matt. And it's something we've harped on about for a number of years is, you know, that that open and honesty from from the club. But it's yeah. a fine line, you know, speaking to physios, um, as I have done in the past, it's a fine line between what they want out there and what they don't. Have you got any view on that, Nigel, in terms of the cloak and dagger around sort of players coming back and estimations? Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, over the last couple of years, <clears throat> excuse me, there has been a lot of talk about uh, injuries and what fans should know. Um, I, I, I think I, I'm of the view that the club will release information that's relevant, um, that we need to know. Um, 
I probably don't chase the information as much as others, if I'm honest with you. I think we want to be kept up to date and, and, and we just want honesty and transparency. But to know the ins and outs of everything i think is 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 unnecessary and i yeah. i think the club have been better recently they have taken oh yeah 100 percent. there's no question um but yeah i mean look there's going to be injuries there's going to be information that i think is relevant and i i'm quite happy to with the, with the level of information we receive at the moment if i'm honest with you I, I know there are other fans out there that want more but um i think that's down to the age we live in social media the fact that covid people have said before that we're all locked well, we were locked away for a long time and I think we were we all became a little bit keyboard warriors didn't we so um yeah <laughs> I, 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 I I'm I'm comfortable with what it is at the moment I, I think for me it's just the fact that with with all three of those or sorry not Anton so much but certainly with Callum and Joe Williams Nigel Pearson has sort of said oh that it'll only be a week and I'd rather it was we don't know we'll, we'll monitor it and we we'll, you know we won't rush them back because you kind of set that expect expectation then and then is it well, is that because it's it's a more serious injury or you know so that that's the only thing for me I, like i said you th- i, I but expected Matt, do you think a that's cloak and dagger do you think no, that's no, no, not at all. or do you just think that's he's genuinely I, he's, think he's it's, probably it is a short-term injury but yeah. actually there's then complications yeah. i don't think they're trying to sort of hoodwink us in any no, way I, yeah. I, I i agree Nigel. i don't think they are and and in some ways probably that's as you said that's what nice thinks it is maybe it's a lesson for him a little bit and he reminded tell Nigel Pearson anything, but just to sort of, you know, our record and stuff, let's just err on the side of caution and he'll be back when he's back as opposed to given a kind of yeah. time scale that sets that. So, but yeah. anyways, I mean, small, small. Point, just, but. just to clarify my position. You no, know, I, I'm literally just talking about those players and, and it'd be great to know some estimations of when they're coming back. Now, I, I hark back to that time with the previous physio a few years ago, Steve, Steve Jones, was it Matt that we initially landed on was the name? Um, Definitely Steve. I can't think if it was Jones. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Brown. I can't remember. Anyway, he basically would do some videos um, of player of the players' injuries using a, using a skeleton and stuff like that, and what the injury was and the estimated time for when they might see them coming back. I just thought that was great, and you know that's something that maybe Andrew Proctor could do if allowed to do um, on. Joe Williams on Calamo Dada and just give us some some idea of of when when they'll be available. That's all I'm saying. You know the the output from the club in, in over the pandemic and and up to now has been fantastic. So go on, Matt. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Thank you. There we go. Right. Let's get let's, let's park that bus. There's so much to get through. Um. So let's go through the the night. So it was an emotional start with the fact with the club playing tribute to fans that have been lost since the start of the pandemic. So, you know, um, obviously our thoughts are with all of the people impacted there. Um, And again, the atmosphere under the lights was terrific. We had the obligatory rendition of God Save the Queen as well, which is always brings a smile to my face um, in the England versus Wales matches. But onto the minutes. So I've got like four points for the first four minutes. So uh, it's, we're going to be on the fifth minute, I think, yeah, about half an hour into this podcast. So second minute. Actually, it's a Patch, sorry sorry on, to Nigel. interrupt. But did you notice there was a third uh, nationality being uh, referenced last night with the uh, Italian flags being yeah, donned in, by the Swan, Swans uh, fans? Uh, do, do you know what, Nigel? So we saw it, and how stupid is it? I'm, I was sort of thinking... Oh right, they got Italian fans like there, and obviously, yeah, it's just to have a, a bit of a dig. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we did, we did, we did notice it, but I um, didn't um, notice that. Yeah, right in the middle. And um, um, Pat, sorry, have you rewatched it on Sky? 
Yeah. Because I know you're like me. Yeah, I, I did. So I passed one last night. I finished. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing that between eight and nine this morning. Hence the uh, delay right. to the start of this because I oh, wanted right, to just, okay. just finish off. So um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So second minute. It's a Callas long throw in. Chris Martin flicks it on. It's cleared by Pato. Back to Callas, whose control was absolutely brilliant. Um, and he gets a great cross in. Martin flicks it on to Pring who, like at Reading, heads, heads it back across the goal, but unfortunately, there's no one there. Um, the tempo, Matt, in that first few minutes was unbelievable for me. It was it was really, really good. Obviously, you see the Callas long throw-in come in, and you think, right, repeat of Reading. Um, and it almost was exactly the same, apart from this time it comes back out, Callas whips it in, um, and it comes to nothing. But a great start, nonetheless. It was, and, and you know, we, we, we started like that at Reading, um, and I think it's it's definitely, um, you know, I talked about Blackpool, the, the sort of seeds that we were sort of starting to see. If we play like that and we start like that in games, we're going to do okay this season. You know, we're not, all right, we're not going to finish top six, I don't think, but we'll do okay. But yeah, it was brilliant. And, and you're right to call, I mean, Callas is sort of, as the ball's dropping out of the air, he, he managed to sort of swivel round on it and drag it with him as he sort of, then put a really good cross in. Campering, I think, had more time than he realised. I think he could have taken it down on his chest and then, and then got a shot away. Um, but obviously, as you said, it was it was almost carbon copy of of the, the Reading. But yeah, it was it was a lightning start. Um, and I think we surprised Swansea, and I think we probably did throughout the the, the rest of the match. Um, and I was surprised really that, that some of the stats, the the, the sort of um, the possession stats and the passing stats because I th- I thought we were excellent and yeah that's as fans that's what we want to see we want to see that tempo don't we absolutely Nigel let you take the next one so uh, it's a poor clearance from the goalkeeper it goes straight to Matty James who plays a neat one two with Alex Scott gets into the box gets his shot away and the keeper saves a shot so again third minute it's a, it's our first shot on goal. Yeah, as you said, it was it was an electric start. Um, it was exactly what we needed, and <clears throat> followed on from the Reading game. Um, but we said at the time, I, I said to JC, um, in football, we've said it before, and we know that if you don't score when you're on top, then it will come back to bite you. Um, and we had two spells during the game, you know, at the start of the first half and the start of the second half, and we never took advantage of it, and we didn't score. And and it was only a matter of time until we were going to get caught on the sucker punch or something was going to happen. So, you know, Matt, I, I agree. I think it's we need to start those games like that, but actually it's not a given that we will do well if we don't put the goal away. And, and, that, and the reality is, as we'll come on to, I'm sure, during the podcast is, do we have enough goals in the team? We can have as much possession, as much tempo as, 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 as we, as we like, but actually if you don't score the goals, then um, that's going to be our biggest challenge. So yeah, great, yeah. great start, but we need to, we need to, we need to finish it. We need to have something on the end of it. Not not only that, Nigel, as well. It's, um, and Nigel Pearson said it, and I listened to his interview back again this morning, that we made the the keeper work. I don't think their keeper had to make a worldie. No, you know, they were all basic, saves, weren't they? It was yeah. saves you'd expect yeah. him to make. And, and the Matty yeah. James one patch that you talked about there, I think it got a bit stuck under him and, and he didn't yeah. get it out of his feet to get a really clean strike. When he did... The keepers on him, and again, it wasn't. You know, I think on Sky it said, "Oh, it was a great save." It, it was routine for me. It was, mm. Yeah, regulation, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. 
Um, into the fourth minute, Atkinson does well to retain the ball after a driving run forward. Feeds Masengo. He puts it wide to De Silva. De Silva to Pring, who gets across him from the byline. The initial attempt from is from Vyman, and that attempt is blocked, but it falls to Martin, who doesn't get enough on his shot, and it squirms wide. So this one was a great opportunity. And obviously, watching it back on Sky last night, you know, that they were saying that that Martin should do better. It's a, it's a split-second thing, Matt, in terms of how much he can... You know, see where his position is. He's got his back to goal. Um, you know, I'm 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 putting excuses in for Chris Martin here, but you know, a striker should know exactly where he is in terms of the position to the goal. And it's just an unfortunate one. And and that was the 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 attempt to go one goal up. And so many times um with Bristol City, we have these great starts. And as Nice said, you know, unless you capitalize, it tends to drift. But that for me, the pressure was maintained thereafter. But Matt, your thoughts on that that chance? Yeah, I think there was a, a challenge, and and Martin's sort of back was to the to the play as a result. And then when the ball broke, it was as you say, a split second, and he scuffs it. I mean, that the the sort of disappointing part of it really is the keeper was that side. He literally had three quarters of the goal to aim at. If he scuffs it the other side, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know I don't I don't want to I've been critical of Chris Martin last season towards the end. Um, I thought Reading and last night is his work rate and his effort and endeavour were all there. Um, Chris Martin isn't going to get you twenty goals, you know, definitely probably not fifteen, and it won't be through lack of effort. But I, I'm with Nigel. I think if we want to avoid being in any kind of trouble and if we want to be looking up and you know potentially top 10 I do think we need to get a striker in um who who knows where the goal is and has got a bit more about him as well um because yeah that was just such a good opportunity and Andy Vyman similarly you know he might get you 10 goals he ain't going to get you 20 goals um and that's where we you know it's it's a concern for me, and and Nigel said it about where are the goals going to come from? You know, I yeah, think the midfield will get a lot either. So you you can't fault. I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but you cannot fault the effort from the no. lion's share of the players for the lion's share of that game last yeah. night. But yeah. effort doesn't win you games, unfortunately, <laughs> as we saw you know last what? night. No. You don't want to be plucky no. losers. You want to be a team that puts in that. And and I do genuinely believe that. Nigel Pearson's starting to get his message across in terms of that commitment. Because for me, those last two games, I didn't see many of those sort of performances under Dean Holden. And I didn't see many of them towards the end of Lee Johnson. So, you know, it is going to take time and we've got to be realistic about that. But you don't take the chances, you are going to end up struggling. So The only thing I would add to that, though, in fairness, is plucky losers is a really good definition, actually, Matt. Mm. But do you know what? That, that runs thin. Um, effort and determination will only carry you so far and players yeah. mentality if you if you if you're going out and you're working your socks off every single game and you're putting 120 percent effort in and you're losing every week yeah. give that five or six games and actually that'll wear off That's good game, and you yeah. won't get 120 percent because yeah. the players will realize that they're just simply not competitive enough in the yeah. league they're playing so yeah. this is where you need those, that extra bit of quality. And that's the players that I think we need to bring in because yeah. these guys are just wearing themselves out. You can only yeah. run yourself into the ground so many times before you actually think, Do you know what, <laughs> this isn't worth it anymore because yeah. actually we're, we're just not good enough. We've yeah. seen it any standard of football that happens. 
And the worry <laughs> is, Nigel, that, that the noises coming out, and I'm hoping this is cloak and dagger, but the noises coming out are that we're not going to be bringing anyone in. Yeah. And no, you kind of look at it and think, that way. <clears throat> you know, yep. really just, and, and you're not even talking, I, I don't think you are talking millions and millions. Um, you know, you can pick up decent players. Um, but yeah, that's a bit of a concern. Or Luna. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, into the fifth minute. Pring battling hard, wins the ball back. Weinman is onto it. Back to Pring in support. Masengo brought into the attack who goes down in the box. No penalty. Um, you know, Masengo shows great endeavour to get into the box and, and does just, you know, sort of stumble. I don't think it was a penalty. Um, there's a long throw in from Callas with a towel supplied from Matt Parsons. Great job, Matt. Um, but that one comes to nothing. The whole ground's now bouncing. Um, you've got East End bounce around, South Stand bounce around, Dolman, Lansdowne, England bounce around um, is always a good shout. But um Callas' third throw-in, long throw-in inside 10 minutes is cleared. And I, I was a, a long throw-in specialist back in the day. And it, you have to sort of be wary of when to use it. You can't use it all the time um, because it's not always going to come off. Uh, Nigel, for you, the long throw-in, when to use it? Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you raised that, actually, perhaps, because I, 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 it's, it's not for me. I'm, I'm a bit more of a purist. I think I'd like to, to get the ball down and play. And I said the other week that I thought against Villa, I was astounded with the amount of times that Bentley just had the ball and went long. I'm, I'm pleased to say, and I am genuinely pleased because I'm not against Pearson and, and Matt, Matt will know that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, against any of our yeah. managers. I just call it as I see it. Yeah. But I, I, I was pleased last night that we did play out from the back a little bit. Um, Bentley was not just hoofing it every single time, but having a towel supplied and taking 35, 45 seconds to to, to dry it and and take, I'm sorry, that's Wimbledon of 1980, 80, the, the lap, isn't it? Yeah, it's not for me. Um, yes, use it, of course, but to to base your your game on it to an extent and almost rely on it to get your goals, that for me is not what I want to see. The thing is, nice. Um, just to counter that, the first mm. time it was used at Reading, yeah. we get a goal. Yeah. So Again, that's always put, in the back of, of course, their mind, fans' but, mind. Yeah, you're yeah. right, Patch. And um, what surprised, I think, a lot of people was was Nigel Pearson's interview after the Reading game where it yeah. wasn't something they'd worked on. It was what mm. Nig- you know, T- Callis had done. I'm absolutely with Nigel. I've got no problem with it when it's the right opportunity, but not when you're you're chucking it in there from everywhere. And and in all honesty, I don't know how many he had in the end of the game. We six. did against many of them, did we? Six. six. Every yeah. single one was clear. Other than other than the, yeah. the sort of I think the first one was the most sort of dangerous one. It was the one that, that Chris Martin kind of flicked. Other than that, it didn't work. And it was almost kind of as as Nice says, it was taking the time out of the game. It was slowing yeah. things down. And when you're playing at a high tempo, you don't want anything yeah. slowing it down. I will Agreed. counter at that and say there were a number of times where we took quick free kicks, quick throw-ins, but when it got within that area, it was, right, let's look for Callas to launch it. And, yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was an occasion, Nigel, I'm with you, where Callas did take a good 30 yeah. seconds to, yeah. to, to dry <laughs> the ball. He did have a, a towel, did he, to start with? Um, no. And I read it, I, I don't know if you saw it, I read a, a tweet last night, um, and it was to do with West Brom, but a guy in the West Brom crowd, and I didn't see this against Sheffield United, I believe, but gave his coat or his jacket to the player <laughs> to wipe the ball. And from it, they scored. And then with that, all the players celebrated with this guy in the Oh, crowd. wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was a, you know. I hope he got, if, I hope if, he got a shirt or two after. Yeah, yeah, he gets an assist in the sun, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought that I, the first one she said, Matt, the second one he threw straight into the goalkeeper's arms. Yep. 
the third one was a straightforward header with no uh, clearance, with no yeah. with no um, challenge at all. I mean, if you're going to do it as a as a tactic, the first thing you need to do is understand who your your first target. Absolutely. And then who your second ball is. So yep. you're Chris Martin, presumably, or it's going to be Atkinson if he comes up. But there was no one on our near post. And everyone no. was pretty much, you always tend to get it near post, six-yard box. So it looked like a, a tactic that we'd thrown together with not too much thought process. Yeah. Um, exactly that, other, wasn't it? Other than the towel. Yeah, exactly that. It wasn't something that they'd obviously worked on. That. And it's also that, am I looping it? Am I drilling it, you know, from mm. that point of view? Actually, yeah. the worrying thing was probably on three of them, they broke and we were I was like just, really exposed. Yeah. So, I was just about to know. say that because you've yeah. now got Callis and Atkinson up top and your, yeah. your, your defensive line then is, is obviously Danny going to be your Simpson, fullbacks. Or, yeah. Simpson and yeah. James, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. James, yeah. 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 yeah, no, it's an interesting one and I'm sure we will still see it used, but let's just, you know, use it as a use secret it. weapon exactly. versus, uh, yeah. you know, versus a tactic. And yeah. uh, I'm sure that will, that will come out in the wash. Um, Okay, so into the 15th minute, Hanno Masengo's ball retention, fantastic. Looking forward instead of backwards, Vyman bursts forward, um, and this leads to the first of 123 bookings I've got written here. Um, there was <laughs> the the referee loved his yellow card last night. Um, I think I think there was actually uh, nine or eleven. I can't remember. I did write that down. Um, but yeah, come the end of the game. Um, so just to touch on Hanno Masengo, I thought last night he was my man of the match. I'm getting going early with that one. Um, just his ball retention, his his guile, his his um you know the pace that he was setting usually we're relying on andy vyman to set the pace and set the tone but for me uh nigel come to you uh that came from han nomasengo last night yeah i i we i know there was some twitter conversation afterwards matt and i both commented on masengo i mean there's no question he was outstanding last night um he played the way that we know he can um, we've seen that before. We've seen glimpses of that. We just haven't seen the consistency. And that's partly down to either regular being picked regularly or he's had the occasional knock. Um, he's a young lad. He needs to, he, he's hopefully developing now in the in the English game. So, yeah, I mean, for me, he he did, I guess I would sum it up as everything he did, he did very well. Um, if you're being hypercritical or hyper-analytic, you'd look at it and say, well, actually, there, there's areas that he could have done differently or better um but in terms of his work rate and as you said i think he summed it up actually a rottweiler i mean he never stopped running he won challenges against guys that were probably twice the size of him there were times when there were three or four swans crowding him crowding him out and somehow he managed to get out of, of that scenario so yeah absolutely fantastic definitely man of the match and um and i hope he he stays in the team because he, he deserves it for sure Matt, the Swans versus the Rottweiler. Um, it was uh, it, just the way he uses his body uh, to his advantage. You know, he's not the biggest, but he uses his body in such a way that he gets the advantage. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a signed picture of a, up of him that um, John Donaldson did, and I bought it because I think he will go to the very top. Um, you know, we're talking about a kid who's 20, who's been in and out of the team, under Holden, if rumours were true, um, could have been on his way to Birmingham. Um, I thought, for, for me, and, and I said, clearly, man of the match, head and shoulders for me above anything on the pitch. I mean, Matt Grimes got it because he's a name that's popular. They've played in the Premier League. Well, and they won. Um, and they won, yeah. Um, but for me, head and shoulders. I, I understand why some fans, and and, and Big Z Lee Williams um, 
we had a sort of a, a tweet last night and and I know Ian Gay often says on um, the Forever Bristol podcast that what is he? Is he defensive? Is he creative? Is he what he is? Is what he was last night, and and he did do all of that. Did he provide a defence splitting pass? No, but he played so many good balls out to the the wings um, and back inside to midfield. His strength was unbelievable. Um, his work rate. I mean, I I would love to see the stats for just how much he covered last night. Because it wasn't just in those, that middle sort of third. It was both ends of the pitch. Um, yes, he's eye-catching. And, I, and I, I felt a little bit, when Nigel Pearson was interviewed afterwards, um, uh, Ali Durden sort of referenced how well Hanno had played. And, and Nigel Pearson sort of said, you know, he is eye-catching because of his um, the way he runs and, and his hair. But for, for me, it was just a performance. I mean, how many times did he, he the ball came down? And he just did like a little Cruyff turn and took sticks, it away. Sticks his bum out as well. Like, took it away. He? The only thing I'd say he needs to just be a little bit careful of, and, and it was probably only watching it back on the TV, a couple of times he got challenged and he and he kind of made that throw-in dive. Oh, right, yeah, okay. And, yeah. and got the free kick, but he Extenuated didn't need to do that. Dive. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. no, just yeah. the, the right word to use, yeah. Accentu- um, accentuated, it, I think, was the word you're looking for. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah, could you spell that, Mister <laughs> Clever Bollocks? Oh, right, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was that bit of it, and like you referenced the, the the penalty sort of thing. It was a free kick initially on the edge of the box. Then they went into the area, and he then kind of threw himself, which is why it wasn't then given as a penalty. So just be aware of that. Do I expect him to start the next game? I don't know because I think he he really likes King. And so that might then be what he reverts back to. But for me, it, it's that argument with King that we, we talked about it at Reading and, and I'd be interested in Nigel's view on it. You, you don't, you saw a bit more of him last night because I think when he came on, we were obviously going for it. So you saw him get forward more, but you don't see a lot of Andy King because he does his job and he does it effectively. And so he's not as eye-catching. Whereas Masengo, almost from the get-go last night, because of that energy, you're thinking cross the mighty years, and you said it, Patch. He set the tempo, so it, it'd be interesting to see what he does against Cardiff. Um, because yeah, I, I thought he was. I, I, th- I think also, just to mile. add to that, and, and coming on to the point about Andy, whether King should play or not, yeah. football's about combinations. And 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 actually, I thought, and I'm we're all impressed with Matty James, yeah. but I that I thought Matty James was excellent last night because of what Masengo did. Yeah. So I, I personally felt it created the opportunity for Matty James to do what he does best, which is his his passing last night, his range and his one-two yeah. combinations were fantastic. But I think that's because of the work rate that Masengo had put in. So my question yeah. would be, when King comes back in, are they a little bit too similar, Matty yeah. James and King? And do they try and do the same thing a little bit? I'm not yeah. sure yet. For me, the, the jaw is still out on King because I've not yeah. seen enough of him to say, I'm is in he in my starting yeah. eleven? Um, yeah. But based think, on last night, Masengo would deserve to be. Yeah, and I think Masengo's probably gone up a notch in terms of his approach, work ethic, etc., because of the fact that he knows Andy yeah. King is preferred. Yeah. And it's great to have that competition, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And, and there's no doubt that the likes of Andy King is going to make Hanna Masengo a better player because yeah. he's been he's been there. He's he's played it the high level. Um, he's played internationally. I thought it was a, a performance of real maturity for Han Masenga last night. And I have to say, and I'm, and I'm not, I am digging him out, but I don't mean it like that. And I know we'll do our own ratings. And I know in the car on Wednesday night or Tuesday night patch, 
we had four different man of the matches. So it, it is all about opinions and we all see different things. Mm. But Gregor giving Hanoa Masenga a six last night. Appalling. He, he watched a different game to me. And, and actually, um, be careful how I say it. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. He watched a different game because there was no way he was a poorer performer than Alex Scott on the night, as an example, who had a seven and was of a similar ilk to Danny Simpson and Jada Silva last night. And I, I just didn't, you know, maybe, uh, yeah. I maybe Greg is not doing it the same way we do our ratings, maybe which maybe not. six, and, six yeah. is the expected performance, Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and enough, but, to, enough to get you to say you've done your job tonight. But, but there weren't, there weren't many, arguably many, and for me, none better than Hanna Masenga last night. And I didn't know how he could only get a six. It, it mm. just baffled me, completely baffled me. Come along, come just, along. Just one one other point as well, just before we move on, just in terms of the King Masengo debate, uh, we've talked about formation. So of course, yeah. if you if we were to revert to a three-five-two, then you've got your extra midfielder in there, and you play yeah. both of them. Yeah. Um, so you know that that has to be something that he must be thinking about, especially for the Cardiff game. For the Cardiff game, sure yeah. he is. But well, and also you can throw throw Backinson into that argument well, of, of the King Masengo. Yeah. Adam Naj obviously is still there, but he's not I anywhere think, to be seen at the moment. No, I, I think Pearson's kind of, I think there's probably talks ongoing. And I think I, I read something around that, that there was a lot more interest. So I, I don't see Adam Naj playing a yeah. game for us. Or for ten, sure. 10 days time, the transfer deadline um, yeah. is up. If he's still there, who knows? Back in the mix. Let's see. Um, right. Number 16th minute, Scott plays a neat one-two with Martin, who busts a gut to get into the box. Going back to what you said, Matt, Martin's work rate, his effort, he sets up, sets uh, Mar um, Martin Scott, I was going to say, Alex Scott off down the right, and he is in the box ready to receive it. But um, his cross actually finds James, whose header is on target, but lacks power. Nigel, that was never going in, but it was no. on target, as we just said. Yeah, it was the story of the night, wasn't it, as we've already touched on. So we created chances, which is great because that's something we weren't doing an awful lot of last season. Um, we got efforts on target, but they were powder puff efforts, weren't they? That's yeah. the reality of it. I mean, they yeah. were regulation saves, as Matt said. So, yeah, another good good move. But, um, but yeah, and, and a flash fun. there from Alex Scott of, of, you know, what he's capable of, that, mm -hmm. uh, that guile, that effort down the right-hand side. Um, and it was great to see a cross coming in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Camp, I mean, for, for Scott and Campering, I mean, Matt, I know you, you've been calling for Campering. Um, yeah. I didn't know an awful lot about him, but um, yeah, I mean, what a performance last night. But great to see those crosses coming into the box. Yeah, lots yeah. of little combination play, one-twos, and then getting those crosses in the box. So, yeah, yeah outstanding. And, and it's important as well. You know, Nigel made a really good point there about Masengo and, and allowing Matty James. Matty James probably got into the box with opportunities three or four times last night which we hadn't seen, you know, he's, he's, he's having a header on the, the six, well, eight yards out sort of thing. So yeah, it was, it was good to see. And, and Alex Scott, we all know what a player the kid is. Again, I thought it was interesting in Pearson's interview afterwards um, where, you know, he quite rightly says he's going to have to protect the youngsters, um, you know, and, and he isn't going to play every game. And actually sometimes he'll get pulled out just when you think he should still be there. So yeah, it was um, good to see. Good to see. Okay, 17th minute, another poor kick out from the Swansea goalkeeper finds Matty James, who takes a few touches and opts to shoot with power, but perhaps a pass to Martin might have been the better option. Although, great to see these shots coming in and, and shots on target again, uh, Matt. 
yeah, I think again, it, it sort of seemed to get a little bit stuck under him. And I think he could have probably taken it on a little bit further, but it was a, it was a decent effort. And the option was there for Martin. Of course it was, but actually I, I don't mind seeing my midfielders driving in like that and taking shots, you know, Christ almighty for the last two seasons, we've been moaning about the fact we don't take any shots. Mm. Um, so it's good to see. And I, I've been so impressed with Matty James from the get go. Um, you can see that this is a, a, a lad that's been brought up playing the right way. Um, and let's be fair, he's had such bad injuries. Last season, he played an awful lot more, but he's still going to be finding it in his leg. So the best is yet to come from Matty James, I'm sure of it. Yeah, and it was obviously, yeah, as you say, great to see him get the shots in. But there were some, some moments in that game where there was a, oh, moment. You know, the fact that he brought the ball down out of thin air, yeah, in, yeah, and retained the ball. Yeah. His 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 effort. You know, we've said that Han Noah was was setting the tone. He, you know, for me, Matty James wasn't far behind that. Um, yeah. And the way those two worked together and and the combinations were were brilliant. And uh, yeah, that that wasn't a powder puff shot. That one. That was more of a a, a good effort. And you know, it was at the keeper. But um, but the power was there, and we know he's capable of that. We've seen a few snapshots from him um, so far. Uh, so 18th minute, it all falls to shit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the first effort for Swansea. The goal comes against the runner play. It's Pring, Masengo and Atkinson all swiping at the ball. Uh, most of them ended up on the floor. Um, it was Joel Piru breaks and shoots, hits the post, bounces straight back to him in a box with six City players and two Swansea players. And to be fair, he, he takes the rebound and finishes it really well. But, you know, when things aren't going your way, a bounce off the post going straight back to the man who you don't want it to go to um, was typical. Uh, Nigel, I don't know if you want to pick up your thoughts on that. It, it just appeared to be soft, didn't it? As you said, there were three City players sort of probably, what, 30 yards out, I think. Um, for me, it felt as if Atkinson... Uh, during the game, for me, I thought Atkinson did play very well, by the way. But for me, he was at fault. Um, he got his body shape wrong. Yeah, and then as a result, when the balls come out of that little tussle, he's just his shape's all wrong. So he's gone down and he's missed it. From there, though, the lad's done well. He's come in, he's cut inside his knees, a nice strike against the post. And you make your own luck, don't you? And it's come back to him and he's finished it. I, I don't think there's anything we could have done after that. I think I think the problem was we were too soft in the first phase of play and that should have been cleared and one of those three should have won it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, when when you... And, and watched it real time, I was a little bit, or could Bentley have done sort of better with it? Um, and then when I've watched it back and then when I've watched... Um, oh, his name's completely gone out of my head. Uh, um, it was Ashley Williams and the lad, it, um, Joby McEnough. Joby McEnough. Um, when they were sort of reviewing it, Hanoa and Jody, uh, sorry, Jody, I reckon, Hanoa and um, Campering sort of go for the first one. And when you watch it, Hanoa gets just sort of shoved a little bit under it. And so the ball breaks. And they were saying that Atkinson didn't need to go because both him and Callas had the shape where they were. But because Atkinson went and lost it, it then broke and he was in. Um, they sort of said they felt Callas could have actually come out further and, and sort of gone, you know, got a bit tighter to him for the shot. A couple of people have said that we then watched the kind of rebound. Um, you know, any, anybody who hasn't seen the goal, it wasn't like um, he's on the six yard box and it rebounds out to him. You know, he's on the edge of the box and it's actually a tidy finish to first time put it into a place where Dan Bentley's not getting it, wasn't it? So, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a shame because, you know, up and until that point, we were in the ascendancy and oh, creating so lots against, of chances. So against the run of play, wouldn't it? So yeah. against the run of play. There was the inevitable sort of lull then for a good 10 minutes. Uh, on the 27th minute, Callas wins a header. Uh, Vyman collects, finds Pring, who takes the ball on and gives a lovely sliding pass to Alex Scott who, incidentally, happy birthday, Alex Scott, today, 18 today. Um, yep. He does a great little step over. Oh, almost. hang on. What about the gaffer? It's the gaffer's birthday as well yep, today. it is. What are we going to come on to that? I, I, <laughs> well, I, I mentioned it. I thought we were doing birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't shout-out time. This is just, well, no, uh, you know. He's, he, he's sat there listening now, thinking, oh, <laughs> giving Alex Scott a birthday mention, but I haven't got one. Nice, happy birthday, Well, I had, a, I had a big segment planned later Sorry. in the podcast, Sorry. which is I've, now... I've spoiled it. We'll edit absolutely it. Absolutely in tatters. <laughs> uh, I didn't, but uh, happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> to Nigel Pearson. Um, okay, so lovely little step over from Alex Scott and he shoots right footed and it's a save from the keeper um, Matt do you want to take that one your thoughts on that effort from first of all Cameron Pring and then Alex Scott Cam Pring um, yeah I mean I'm not going to make out that I had some kind of inside knowledge or um, I'd seen him in lots of under 23s and stuff but what we saw at Forest Green and what I had seen at some of the footage I'd seen when he was at um, Walsall I think um he drives on and he is that left-sided player who wants to get to the byline and wants to put crosses in um, and get efforts. And again, I was chatting to a guy behind me last night. I said, you've got to remember, this is his second league game. So he is going to tire, he is going to make mistakes, but it's his second league game. So I thought he was brilliant. I'm going to defer to Nigel on the Alex Scott one because I've got a view that it was he didn't need to do what he did, um, but Nigel was a... Yeah. Do you mean, do you mean where the, the back of the net was? So yeah, I, I, do you mean yeah. the step over? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and just to say, I, I spoke to the person next to me and said, yeah. I think he should have taken that first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, he still gets his shot away, but yeah, the, yeah. Keepers, the keepers then got time to adjust. But yeah, yeah. go on, Nigel. Do you know, um, wrong time to defer to me, Matt, because I actually can't remember this one, if I'm honest with you. I've not Can watched you? it back. So oh, right, okay. It's... It, 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 I think it was a it was a moment where there was a couple of challenges in where we were sort of stretching for the ball and it then broke into Patch. Who was it that played the ball out to him? Was it Chris Martin, did you say? Uh, no, Vyman collects. So Callas won the header. Vyman yep. collects it and finds Pring. Right. And then it goes out to, um, yeah, what, for the Alex Scott one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he sort of plays it into Alex Scott and Alex Scott's through approaching the edge of the area on the right-hand side but then does a step over to take it wider mm. and then gets his shot away. But then the angle had kind of narrowed. Um, and for me, the ball was there to be struck. And actually a bit, a bit like the red in one patch where we all kind of expected him to shoot when he didn't. And he passed to Vyman. So it's difficult being critical of him because me, a fat bloke, 50 year old in the stand um, who only had one foot um, and could never have done a step over without falling over <laughs> yeah. to say to him you didn't need to do it but it just felt like he had the chance to, to win it first time and that would have caught the keeper a little bit I think as well looking back it then went through the player's legs as well so the yep. keeper was slightly unsighted wasn't he and, and did well out of it but yeah. well, uh, all it takes is a little nick off yeah. the defender's leg as well so uh, I'm not going to criticise Alex Scott yeah. on that but you know just the fact that you said what you said I thought yeah. uh, that thought entered my mind yeah. um, as well um 40th minute crosses are coming in from pring but they are quite easily dealt with 
Pearson appears on the bench on 40 minutes as well. There was a, yeah, there was a little spell where a few crosses came in and, and there was just no one to meet them. Um, and I think we've, we've mentioned that already um, that we need to get a, you know, more presence in the box. Um, 41st minute, Callas shows great control and a neat turn to feed Vyman on the edge of the box, which it was a great position for Vyman to be in, but he shoots from 20 yards and doesn't hit the target. It was power over accuracy. And we've seen that quite a bit from Andy Vyman, Matt. I think you saw at least three shots last night that were like that. They didn't hit the target. We saw a couple at Reading. Um, and yes, he scored two good goals. But I think if you looked at Andy's, um, I'll say highlights real because that's the phrase. That That is Andy Vyman to a T. Yeah. You know, he, he is, um, his tech, there's obviously something missing in his technique or his thought because he does sort of seem to slash at it and it isn't a controlled strike on goal is it um and again you know i don't i'm not big in niger you could still play this lad um but you know niger you know you're doing a monday night no you fancy a game five sides but it's back when it'll look to it but no um but yeah niger i mean it, it, it's just andy vyman isn't it he does seem to yeah, just slash it yeah, completely. And yes, you're right. If you had a highlights reel, you would see so yeah. many of those attempts at goal where he just gets his body shape wrong. He leans back, his head's not over the ball, and they'll go high, wide, and handsome. And as you said, he's got the one in the first half, and then he had a second one in the second half, which he did the same. And funny enough, when he when he did strike that one over the over the bar in the second half, I turned around to the to a friend of mine, Vine, and and he just said, "That's why he plays for us and not higher." And it kind of summed it up, really. It's really true. Yeah, really true. But that's. I think that's the worry for me is that we're, we're creating opportunities, which we are. And sometimes when you, when you have those kind of shots, you forget actually that it was on the edge of the area. And if that's low, that's an on target. The keeper's got a problem. Yeah. Your, your point patch about the crosses coming in and, you know, I'll go back to it again. And I had, I had a bit of a, um, a Bristol live debate, I'll say about Chris Martin, um, because I said we need a physical number nine and I don't see him as being that. And this guy was like, well, that's exactly what he is. Have you not watched him for the last 10 years? And I'm like, no, play it into his feet. And he's a, a clever forward and he will bring others in. But he isn't going to be getting the headers when a ball's coming in the box and he's challenging two big six foot six centre halves and stuff. He's not that sort of player. And similarly with Andy Vyman, he isn't going to score those goals that, you know, uh, potentially even a Naki Wells with a run of games might get. Um, and that, that's, that's yeah, I keep, I keep echoing it, but that's my fear this season. Do, the, do you not think, Matt, there's something that's been bouncing around my head for a while. And I just think this is why I don't think we're stronger than than, than what we were last season. So I, when you listen to Nigel Pearson talk about the squad and yep. he talks about not bringing somebody in, he will often reference that we've got Chris Martin and, and Andy Vyman now yep. that are both very fit, fitter than they were last season. And, yep. and he seems to have confidence in them. The bit that's missing for me is that we saw Chris Martin and Andy Vyman before Nigel Pearson came along yeah. and they weren't world beaters. No. So Chris Martin had a pretty decent start last season, but Vyman's been around a few years now. It wasn't too long ago. City fans were criticizing Vyman saying he shouldn't have been anywhere near the start in 11. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he seems to be our saving grace, but that's only because of the options that Pearson had before they came back from, from fitness yeah. when they were injured. Well, I thought I think that's also nice. Just to add to that, it's because last season, particularly the last half of the season, was so bad that yeah. we could see how much we missed Andy Vyman's energy and 
we drive exactly yeah. yeah so Pearson was delighted when they come back so for him he thinks we've got a couple of new sign-ins but we can yeah. go back a bit longer to say actually they weren't exactly pulling up trees previously were they they yeah. I mean Vyman I think Vyman's a cracking lad in terms of his effort his work rate but as we've alluded to he's not going to score you 20-25 goals they, a season nor is Chris not- Martin I don't think they'll get 20 between them. Um, no. And and again, that is that that's just you look at the stats, you look at the history. Chris Martin for me, I mean, we we talked patch and and I don't think we made ourselves look stupid because I think everybody was saying the same thing. But you know, we were saying what a steal he was, and and he was going to be player of the season after those first sort of half a dozen ten games or whatever. For me, he is a different level to what he was last season in terms of his fitness. And I and I do think he will do more than he did last season for us. But he isn't going to do what you need him to do so that you do stay out of any kind of trouble. And the tight games that you have, those two aren't going to get you the goals necessarily game in, game out that you would want. Yes, the other night at Reading, they did. So, you know, I'm not stupid enough to say that it doesn't happen sometimes. And it is about taking those chances. We did it, Reading, and we had better chances last night than we did at Reading. Um, and it didn't work out. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely with you, Nigel, on, on that. I, I, I worry and I'm hoping that it's a bit of managerial bravado, bigging them up and also not letting teams outside of us know that actually, yeah, we are in for a striker and Matt Smith from Rotherham or whoever it might be, um, this lad from Brazil. um, I think he was from Brazil and not just out of Brazilian. I hope he's not a Luis Dione. But there, you know, hopefully it's because of that and not that, yeah, I'm reliant on them. So um, on you know, on the on the um the interview on Sky at the end he did say I'm not going to say there's going to be no ins and outs. Oh, did he? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's interesting then, isn't it? Because so I've only heard that one. I haven't heard the other one. Right. Yeah. On on the other one, he um and it might have been in the pre-match press one. To be fair, but I've definitely seen a comment where uh, he was saying it would take millions to get yeah, better than what yeah millions to yeah. get better than what he has in terms of. Obviously, well, Chris Martin, Andy Vyman, and I guess, you know, the mm. the other youngsters and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, 51st minute, James free kick finds Vyman, whose initial shot is blocked. He gets a second bite at the cherry. Um, and is, this is what we've spoken about. It was 18, on the 18-yard line, and it's curled over. So, you know, it was a mm, couple of couple of foot over but uh yeah. an effort on goal nonetheless we're not gonna don't want to keep goal. going on about that but um yeah it was a, it was a, a chance a great chance well uh, uh, sorry Padge, and, and yeah i know we don't want to keep going on about it but he's he's in the box and the ball's come back to him nicely and it's a left foot shot he doesn't hit the target you know that that's that's the, the fact of it isn't it and it wasn't that one actually was was more controlled it wasn't like he yeah. slashed at it so if, the target. watching and, watching the replay on that one there was two big defenders jumping so he's yeah. trying to get it in that sort of you can see what he's trying to do he's trying to curl it into the top corner yeah. isn't he yeah. um, and he's frustrated because it's the one where he ends up then like pulling his shorts up shouting at himself kind of thing but yeah yeah okay first change comes <clears throat> 59th minute on Sky afterwards, you know, um, Michelle Owen and the chaps in the studio highlighted Alex Scott as a player that was the danger man. This is after the game uh, for Bristol City. Go through his stats, etc. Um, he comes off in the 59th minute and, and Ashley Williams and Joe, Joby McEnough in the studio were both very surprised at that. Um, it was a straight swap, you know, Semenyo coming back on. It's a position that we probably expect him to play. And he's had a long road back to recovery. So congratulations to Antoine Semenyo yeah. and the team for getting him back um, 
onto the pitch. But uh, Matt, do you want to take this one first? Your thoughts on that change? Yeah, funny. And when I when I saw the the stats for it, I think I mean early on is was the um, the key kind of contributions for us. I, I thought Alex Scott had his um, less effective game out of what I've seen so far. And, and again, you know, maybe watching it on the TV, they're not seeing some of what we see, but I genuinely did. I thought he got pushed off the ball a little bit. At Reading, we referenced how he gave the ball away a lot, but actually was trying to do the right thing. I didn't see much of that last night from him. So I actually felt it was a, it was a, a, a the right substitution to make at the right time, funnily enough. So, yeah. But, and and yeah. I've got to be honest, I, I, I thought he would too. I called that substitution a few minutes before because I know he'd want to get Semenya on the pitch and Campering's yeah. getting so much joy down the left. Alex Scott did get joy as well, but just not as much as Campering. Um, nice for you. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought the same thing. I thought if if you're going to make a change, uh, Campering was far more effective. And and I too, I, you know, I rate Alex Scott hugely, but that was his least effective game last night yeah. and it was the right substitution, albeit was it the right substitution? Because I thought Cement, which I'm yeah. sure we're going to come on to, had quite a poor <laughs> poor game, yeah. but that's hindsight, yeah. isn't it? So Absolutely, yeah. On paper, great substitution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 62nd minute, a great tussle between Masengo and Patterson in our box. That was great to see. You know, I, I'm sure they've had this tussle numerous times over the years in training. Uh, Patterson just gets on top and then Masengo comes back in with his bulldog Rottweiler spirit and and I think wins a free kick in the end. But um, uh, Matt, that was that was great to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And again, you know, you, you, you're talking about um, Rotty and no Masengo, but he was. <laughs> um, and, and I'll also say, you know, great to see Jamie Patterson back. Great to see him at the end of the game applauding the fans. Um, disappointing with the idiots that booed him whenever he was on the ball. Just don't don't say anything. Um, and I'll say that again, the idiots that booed him because Jamie Patterson <laughs> didn't always work out with him. But, you know, he, he loved the club and, and wanted to perform for us. Um, and I thought he was OK last night for Swansea, showed some decent touches. But, yeah, you know, it's it must be difficult, especially in these times, really, for players who haven't played in a crowd and have left clubs, you know, they've been at for a while. I think he was with us sort of five, six years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, that, that was good to see. And, and yeah, Han Noah, brilliant. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. Um, okay, so it was uh, Wells in the 63rd minute. So Wells is stripped down, ready to go in the 63rd minute. Hold that thought. Um, so Menyo runs into traffic, which I think happened on a few occasions. Um, well, no, you referenced it that we'll come on to it. Let's come on to it now. Uh, Semenyo, we said it was the right substitution to make. Um, he has got the the skill and the wherewithal to take on a man, cut into the box and get a shot away. But we've, we've seen that on occasion, well, a number of occasions last season where he arguably had his breakthrough season. He was, I think he was, he not, Dan Bentley was player of the season and Semenyo was young player of the season, wasn't he? So, He's knocking on the door of being that complete player, but he needs to add his shooting ability and he needs to add some selection of decision-making as well. Um, it's his first game back, probably being over the top and a bit harsh, but Nigel, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. He's a bit of an enigma, isn't he, really? Because we, we've said it on a podcast last season. He, excuse me, he does need to add finishing. But I'm, I'm kind of 
surprised why because he's obviously been around the youth game for a long time he's got all the ability he's got the technical skill is it in his mind is it a, is it a mindset thing i i don't know because he 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 wasted a lot of opportunities last night he came on his i thought um you know again the guy behind me we were talking it just got the feeling that his for someone that's just coming back from a long time out of the game in front of the fans for the first time for a long time it didn't feel as if he came on with a real lively energetic energy level about him there was just something missing it was he probably was playing himself into the game but it wasn't the opportunity to do that with one nil yeah. down with 20 minutes left so for me uh, left a lot to be desired but we'll give him we'll give him the benefit of the doubt he's been out for injury and I'm sure there's more to come but he does need to if he's knocking on the door patch then he needs to start knocking harder because um, time's going to pass him by otherwise I fear yeah and hopefully Matt that um, competitive uh, you know, competition for places with Alex Scott, um, you know, that will that will bring him on. And you could argue, you know, Callum O'Dowda could play there as well. So there's lots of competition. There is. Um, I'm kind of, what are you, Antoine, or what do we want you to be? Do we want you to play wide? And if we do want you to play wide, then vary it a bit and go on the outside and get yeah. to the byline and get crosses in. Um, if I've... And, and, and I'm sure modern day footballers and statisticians, statisticians at this level will give players that, you know, the defenders, here's some video of the guy. And if I'm Mark and Antoine Semenya, I know he's going to try and come inside and hit it on his left foot. That's, that's Antoine Semenya to a T. He drags his shot and he might get one out of six or seven that's going to cause a problem. Um, I didn't think last night he went on the outside. I can't really remember at all. I mean, he probably did, but nothing of, yeah. of any great effect. And that might be, like I said, because in his mind, he sees himself in the same way as Andy Vyman sees himself playing through the middle. But if you're in that position, and and and, and Alex Scott similarly as well will come inside, and we, we narrow the pitch down an awful lot from the right-hand side. Very rarely do we go outside, whereas on the left-hand side, Jada Silva still needs to improve on what he does offensively and, and getting crosses in. But Campering's just bombing and and looking to get it. And it just gives you that much more of a, I don't know, like I said, it makes the pitch feel wider and makes it feel like your strikers are going to get more opportunities. For me with Antoine, it's a, a bit of a case of, yeah, what 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 am I going to be? What do the club want me to be or the manager want me to be? But also decision-making. Um, there was one moment when Andy Vyman played a ball back that some men you thought he was offside, so he didn't go for it. Mm. Maybe he was tired. Looking back on Sky, he wouldn't have been offside. Um, was he not? Because no, he, he made it, it so it? blatantly obvious exactly. that he thought he was yeah. offside. He just yeah. stopped play, didn't he? No, was, was he onside, was he? Would wow. have been onside and not even wow. close, Nigel, clearly <laughs> onside. Um, albeit that potentially the ball might have gone out because I think Vyman did overhit it a little bit. So maybe, in fairness to Antoine, that's what he thought. But yeah, I, I it was the right substitution and we thought that Semenya would have you know made a difference because of his... his you know, his energy and his physicality, it just didn't pan out like that, did it? 66th minute, Wells still waiting. Great burst forward from Cam Pring, and he's brought down on the edge of the box, just to the left of the box. Um, you know, from where I was sitting, thought it might be a penalty, but it was outside the box. Yeah. Uh, the free kick comes to nothing, unfortunately. The keeper wins that one, so it's straight at the keeper. Uh, Semenyo cross doesn't meet the first man which is always something that annoys me. Um, that was down the right-hand side uh, after that free kick had come come in and eventually comes back to Matty James at, at 20 yards um, and Vyman tries to redirect his shot. And that was a real opportunity. And again, 
the luck of the draw. It could have tapped Vyman's foot and gone past the keeper, but it doesn't. Um, and it's at that point where you think this isn't going to be our night. But uh, but there we go. Anyway, Wells is still waiting on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> um, Matt, your thought on that on that on that opportunity uh, is a is a good James strike, and again we've seen him shoot from distance, which is good. But um, yeah, yeah Vyman didn't have much else he could do with that, really. No, he he tried the sort of little back flick, didn't he? And and it it didn't quite come off. Um, you know, like you said with Cam Pring's run, um, I'm interested to know did did Patch Cam come out at all last night? It didn't, Matt. It See, didn't. and that's so it's my fault. I do think that's part of it, Patch. There was a couple of close free kicks in and around there. Um, so, Patch Cam for the listeners is that at Middlesbrough, um, when Matty James took the free kick for Andy King, um, I said to Patch, or oh, I'll tell you what, I think we're going to score here. So, Patch gets the camera out and videos it. And then similarly at Reading, I said the same thing again. Get the, ca- get the camera out, Patch. This is going to be a good one. So I think we have to be sat next to each other for it to work. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it's a bit like the Kalas throw, isn't it? You vary it, you bring it out when you need to. But exactly. yeah, I, I, I did think, again, you know, Cam Pring's effort in naturally tired. Um, but it was the difference between the two. And oh my God, so frustrating with the crosses. All night for me on the right-hand side. Maybe other than a couple from Callas, ironically, but Semenyo, Simpson, and even Alex Scott, there wasn't the quality from the right with the delivery going in as there was from the left. Um, and, and again with Antoine, his crosses were all of the same type, weren't they? They were dragged, not scuffed, that's unfair, but shots that just went across that as a defender, unless you make an absolute cock up. You're clearing that 10, 10 out of 10 You're being too kind, really, Matt, aren't you? They were, I they, probably am. Fair, they, they, they were pathetic. In all they fairness. were. Yeah, um, they were. Nice. Yeah, You're right. They, they, they were pathetic. It yeah. Was, uh, it was, yeah, it was poor. It was poor. And not, Just not on even free difficulties, was it? You know, was, it was it a free kick? Time. The uh, the Matty James, Cam- where Campering got yeah, it bundled was, on the edge of the box. Yeah, free, free it, kick. It no, was it? it was a free kick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was just running he, at such pace, he, wasn't he? Just a little yeah, touch was going to take he, him down. He claimed, he claimed shoulder, the defender. Um, I can't think what his name was, but he claimed shoulder, but Cam had knocked the ball past him and he just takes him out. Yeah, it was, right. it was definitely yeah. a free kick. Yeah. 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 Okay, 70th minute. Seven minutes on the touchline. Ready to go. Naki Wells makes his appearance. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I was just watching Naki Wells. I'm, I'm right right where you know yeah. right there and he's just getting so pissed off so yeah. uh, so frustrated when that free kick came you know I, I could see sort of the gesticulations with the walkie-talkie with Nigel Pearson and Nigel's obviously said don't don't put him on for this free kick and Naki obviously speaks to um I think it was uh Curtis Fleming who was sort of holding him and chatting to him or it might have been Pat Mountain actually he's his face when he told him that he just was like yeah get me on for this get me on for this but it didn't happen it was a trait of Lee Johnson to have a a player stripped but then not to bring him on but you know I I understand the the sort of thinking around when the opposition have got a corner or you're in a defensive situation you don't bring your striker on unless it's a Famara that could have cleared but when you're attacking and you're looking to make an attacking substitution for Christ's sake make the change where's the logic with that yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. He mean that that ball could have fell to Naki Wells, the one that yeah. uh, Andy Vyman tries to direct in. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely agree. Anyway, he does come on uh, for Cameron Pring, and it's a bit of a reshuffle. Um, Andy Vyman goes out to Pring's position, um, and Wells goes, you know, in the 
in the four four one one, or probably it was a four four two by that point. Um, but Cam Pring comes off. Great round of applause for Cam. Um, and I think that was probably the right substitution. Again, he's out. He's run his run his legs off. Um, and any 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 changes to my opinion there from you two? One for me. One for oh, me. Okay. I, did, I, All right. I didn't. I didn't think he was um, overly tired, or and I just felt that it gave us the balance on that left hand side. That was where we were creating everything. And you then put in Vyman, who's not going to go down on the outside on the left, so it's going to come inside again. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised, and the guy behind me sort of said, "Well, he's played two games in you know a matter of days," and I said, "He's twenty two. He's twenty two, and although he yeah he has run his socks off." I genuinely felt there was still more for him to come. So no, it, I, I was disappointed with that one. So a couple of things. I'm going to call this podcast the guy behind me. Um, okay. second, <laughs> second thing. Um, obviously, Alex Scott, the other youngster on yep. the other wing. So they both come off within a few minutes of each other. And it's an interesting one. But the younger players... You, as you say, they should be the fittest in theory if you talk about ages. But there's also this thing about uh, match experience, match, match fitness, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, the mindset, that sort of stuff. I don't know. It, it, what you're saying is completely true, Matt. The younger, you should be fitter, but I don't know if that makes any... Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, and I, I don't necessarily mean should, should be fitter than the others. I just didn't feel that in last night's game. Reading, you could see that he was feeling it. You could see he was... Mm. I don't know if he was cramping, but, you know, there was... Whereas last night, I think the thing with Cam Pring, he's one of those players that gets red-faced quite early on and almost looks knackered from the get-go, but he was still going past, and, and I oh, thought he looked... Hell of an looked, engine on him. Yeah, I thought he looked fitter than Jay De Silva. Um, and if I was making the change, I might have been more tempted to have taken Jay off because I just felt that that Cam was the one that was giving us more of an attacking intent from that side. Yeah, but, good change. You know, drop Cam back into left-back and... And he can still bomb on from there if he if he can. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's about, it's, it, it's about game management, isn't it? So yeah. as a manager, you're analysing that this, 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 each game as it comes. And I think yeah. the way I would view it is if you were basing it purely on fitness or who's tired, Matty James would have come off because he was absolutely shattered. Yeah. But you're not going to take Matty James off because you need him to stay on to manage the game, the experience and everything else. So he's probably just looked at that and said to himself, Cam Pring for me, he's put a great shift in. He's a young lad. I need a bit older head on. Um, where can I put Vyman? Where can I put Naki Wells? The crowd, yeah. sorry, the fans are constantly asking for Naki Wells to be down the middle. Yeah. So if he'd have put him on the left, he'd have got slated for that. So I think he's just weighed it up and thought to himself, less rest spring and hopefully um, he's keeping him protected for the next game. Would you have made it, Nigel? Was that the change you would have made? Um, would I have made that change? Um, I wanted Wells on the pitch. Yeah. So for me, it would have been either Vyman yeah. or Pring. Um, and I would, I probably, I probably would have edged towards Vyman, I think. Yeah, I, that's exactly um, what I said to the guy. Yeah, but I, I understood why why um yeah why, why the guy it. sat behind us made that decision. Oh yeah. Christ, this bloody guy! <laughs> um, Dif different guy as well, <laughs> and his, na his name's not Guy. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Okay, seventy <clears> third <throat> minute. Semenyo cuts in from the right, shoots, it's blocked, but Vyman is in an offside position when he tucks it home. You know, uh, I always look at the linesman before I celebrate. I could see it was offside, so I yeah. 
I, yeah, uh, I, I tapered, I, I tapered some people around me celebration. Yeah. You know, sit I, down. It's, it's not a goal. <laughs> I stay sat in my seat until I see it, and you're yeah. exactly right. I've got Kev yeah. who sits in front of me. He's hey. I'm like Kev, sit down, mate. Most embarrassing <laughs> thing was the was the fans down in the front of the dolmen next to the Swansea fans. They were going absolutely nuts, were they? they? Yeah, oh, and again, clearly offside, and and. Yeah. <sighs> A, a little bit disappointing, really. That you, again, Vyman's experience. You you kind of have to know that it's playing on the edge, but there's also being a little bit slow getting that out. That was and, yeah. miles offside. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, miles yeah. in figurative terms. Yeah. Seventy uh, fifth minute. Some strange decisions from the linesman on the direction of throw-ins and time wasting from Swansea and also the referee. So I just put this down as a point to to note. Um, so the linesman on the Lansdowne side um, in the second half. There was a number of occasions where I could clearly see that it was our throw in it and he was giving it the other way. And he actually turned to the fans behind him who were berating him quite, quite rightly in my opinion, and did almost do blow a little kiss. And there was a couple of fans that picked up on this and they went absolutely ballistic. And I just wanted to raise that because it wound them up. It wound us up. And it's not the sort of behaviour that you'd expect from from a linesman, regardless of, you know, he, he brought it on himself making those making those strange decisions. But just wanted to touch on that. Did anyone else think that or see that? Lines person, that's lines person. Okay, apologies. Um, Referee's assistant. Assistant yeah, referee. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I didn't see it, but he did make some shocking decisions. He had a five-minute yeah. spell, didn't he? Yeah. And similarly, the ref as well. I thought it, I thought it was a. Mm. Is it the right? I don't know if I'm using the right word, Patch. If you can put me correct, um, I thought the ref was very officious last night. Oh, very um, nice. <laughs> seemed to kind of again. I'm I'm not quite the the uh, the Dermot Gall not the Dermot Gallagher's. What was his name? The um, old school master. Dermot O'Leary. <laughs> no, Dave, David Ellery. <laughs> David Ellery. David, David Ellery. Yeah. Um, where it was like, look at me, look at me, um, or even the other one, Graham, whatever his name was, but. Um, oh. Yeah, Graham Paul. I just felt he, he was looking to be a bit of a star last night and there was a few things he let go in, you know, he, he booked Semenyo and it just didn't seem like it. Um, and you're right, some of the throw-ins, the players lost their shit, excuse me, because they could clearly see. And actually watching it back on Sky, a couple of op- times, the, the op- like the defender was laughing because yeah. they could clearly see. So, yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm a bit like when, when players get abused, um, I think they've got every right to turn around and give it back. Um, and obviously you can't do that. But, you know, if you give it out, then expect it back. So I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the linesman turning around and blowing a kiss, but lines person. Um, oh, he's done himself. Assistant to the referee. Um, <laughs> but but I also think, you know, he, he did get something so badly wrong that, mm. yeah, it was laughable, really. Yeah. Okay. 81st minute, Nigel Pearson appears in the dugout. Um, so he's, he seems to be doing this, Matt. It's uh, last 10 minutes of each half coming down um i mean if that's be- it's better than the no appearance for me yeah, where do you where do you sort of stand on this and actually uh, ashley williams afterwards he said he would he would like to see his manager in the dugout the whole game yeah i felt ashley williams came across as a bit of a we um, said bristol quite a few times as well yeah uh, yeah I, I, he came across very much as a swansea fan last night which i know he is and that's where he spent the majority of his career but yeah, do yourself a favour, Ash. Go, go back to bodybuilding, whatever you're doing. Because, um, you know, I, I don't have an issue with Nigel Pearson doing that and coming down when he needs to come down and feels things aren't quite working. 
Um, I'd prefer him to be there the whole time, but I can also understand why he, he does sit in the stands. And that might change throughout the season. Um, you know, only he will decide when that is. But um, I, I much prefer him that at the business end of the games, he is there on the touchlines. Um, but if it was my choice, I would I would have him there. And I, I want to pick up as well, Patch, from a captaincy point of view. And it was a great shout from, from Tim Davey, who sits in front of me. And Tim was sort of saying that there was a huge amount of whatever you want to call it, professionalism, time-wasting, um, the, the dark art, however you want to look at it, which we never do as a club. And I, I don't, I can't recall under any manager having done it, but Russell Martin, who's getting, who's getting this growing reputation as a football purist and wanting his teams to play out. Jesus Christ, last night, they were doing everything. When it was a free kick, the bloke would pick the ball up and wander away or kick it away or throw-ins. The goalkeeper would faint to shoot, like kick it one way and stop, delay it a little bit. Um, and the ref did nothing about it once, I think, he booked yeah. Jake Bidwell. Books, books he booked Bidwell for time-wasting and then didn't do it again. And it, it's I, I don't want my team to do that, but are we being a bit gullible with not... And then the point that, that Tim made was when your captain's your goalkeeper, he can't go to the referee in the middle of the pitch and say, come on, ref, you know, yeah. let's, let's do something. Or, you know, and, and look, I'm the captain. I'm speaking to you because of that. And I do think that's where you miss having an outfield captain. I really do. And I, I thought do you, it was a great do you, do you think Do you think Dan Bentley is like a shadow captain and the real captain is Matty James? And it's more of a it's more of a it's more I, of a visible thing to I, have I, Dan Bentley as captain as player of the season last year. I saw I saw Matty James disappointed at the referee's decision. I didn't see him going over and speaking to him like I'd expect. Uh, you know the, the greats, the Tony Adams, the Roy Keens, maybe, maybe not the Roy Keane because he wouldn't have spoken to me to shout at him. But <laughs> the Stephen Gerrards, those sort of players, and that for me, you know, when when Tim said it, I was like, do you know what? I've, I've moaned about I don't like goalkeepers as captain, but that is such a crucial point for me. I think I think I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that because I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't touched on it. I thought throughout the whole game, Swansea, it was at one point it was like watching American football. Did you yeah. not? Did you not see the amount of blocks that were going yeah. on? I mean, Vyman must have been brought down six, seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. times. The ref never gave any of them. Yeah. I thought they, there was a lot of dark arts going on from Swansea last yeah. night, not just what you've mentioned, but I thought in gameplay itself, uh, the holding, the pulling, the pulling the shirts, it was constant. It yeah. was like watching a Neil Warnock team. I was really, really surprised. I, yeah. I was from, 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 like I said, the reputation that Russell Martin is forged at MK Dons and, and what they're saying Swansea want to do. Yeah. It really surprised me. And, and um, the person in front of me said, um, <laughs> so actually Tim does sit in front so it was but sort of said why, why don't we do it more and I said I, I don't want to see it though I don't want to see us delaying things like that but but actually sometimes maybe you've got to when the opposition are doing it yeah Difficult. six bookings six bookings for Swansea yeah three for us but um, one for time wasting I think yeah yeah no, absolutely okay uh, another change in the 85th minute Simpson for King um, I think that was just to you know, not to go all out and put another attacking player on, um, but just to get King on for, you know, his chance, basically, that he got towards the end. Um, any discussion point on that, Simpson for King? I've got my view on Simpson. Um, 
and and I I think it or I'd like to think it was more because we're pushing for the result and Simpson was offering us nothing as right back getting forward. There were a number of opportunities. Matty James and Han Noah opened the pitch out. He had an opportunity to run forward and take the ball on, turned back, gave it back a couple of times. He had, or one time in particular, he hit a short ball back. Um, I thought everything slowed down with him in the second half. I get the experience with him. I get um, he steadies things down. But in both the two games, the danger has come down our right-hand side. Um, I mean, we were quite we were quite complimentary know. about Simpson um, at yeah, Reading. We what, was the, what was the difference yeah. tonight? Maybe that is a case where he's 33, 34 or whatever. And maybe it was, you know, two games in a week, having not played a lot last season. I don't know. But I just felt he was... He was a bit too deliberate at times last night. And, um, you know, it, there's a complete Im- imbalance in terms of the way that we play left to right for me at the moment. Um, I think he tends to sit. And that that's his game maybe. But yeah, for, for me, I thought it was a, a poor game from Danny Simpson. And, and I'll say, as I said on Twitter last night, I think right back is a position that we've been crying out for for the last three seasons because um, I never thought Jack Hunt yeah. was up to it as anybody who's listened oh, to this. Oh, I thought you quite liked him. Yeah. Um, well, it's ever, I, since, I, it's I ever since we sold Ailing, isn't it? Yeah. That's, we, yeah. We, we, you know, and, and, and to be fair, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge Ailing fan at the time, yeah. but he's gone on to fantastic achievements, yeah. a fair play to the lad. Um, but it's ever since we've got rid of Ailing, we've never really filled that gap. I mean, we had Pisano as well, which had yeah. in moments, but um, it's huge. I mean, I said on Twitter last night and I pleaded to Mr. Lansdowne to just say, look, if there's a million quid flying around somewhere, please just do everything you can to bring a right back in yeah. before the transfer window ends, because I do think we will struggle if we don't. Yeah. Simpson's not the answer. Um He's and Viner's learning it. And Viner's one to, to yeah, yeah, exactly. He he's one for the future, more of a, think, more of a, a CB, I think, for me, I or, think, a, or a right wing back. I think Viner has been a, a victim of his flexibility with with yeah. the flashes in midfield, yeah. centre back, right back. Um, we know that he's capable. So yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one. Sorry, Nice. What were you going to say? I interrupted you when you said you go as far to say with Simpson. Yeah, I, the, I thought he was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be yeah. too uh, detrimental to the lad, but he is—he's no. um, not for me in any shape or form. Um, yeah. And with, with his past record and everything else, I'd, I'd, I'd rather him not be at the club. Right, ninetieth minute, Pato breaks, and you think, here we go. Um, yeah, it was a—it was a break from Swansea when we were, you know, clearly yeah. trying to get that equaliser. And Jamie Patterson breaks into the box and shoots past, you know, past the the right post. Uh, that would have been a real kick in the teeth if he'd have got that one. Ninety um, second <clears throat> minute, it's the last chance. Falls to Andy King. It's a good cross from Vyman and King's glancing header. You know we've seen those go in over the years, but it was narrowly wide and and pretty much you can shut up shop there. There was a final long throw in from Callas, which is a good. You know you expect it in the ninety fourth minute yeah. when you've got um, uh, one more chance that you just need to get it into the box. Um, but yeah, that that comes to nothing. Oh, exhausting, quite frankly. Um, there there was a lot of tweet activity last night from various people, uh, which is great to see. I love the engagement, um, uh, the the backward and forward. I'm gonna pick out pick out a couple. Um, there was one from so so Lee Williams, um, uh, Bigsy, as you've referred to, um, Matt. 
Perhaps it's a final third thing I'd be interested in is success rate of key passes or breaking the line and also his touch losing possession. I'd be surprised if it's as good as Andy King. To be clear, his work rate and effort is immense, just not sure on the end product. And that is about Hanno Masengo, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with with what he said there, but but for me on last night's performance... In, in my opinion, and I think the three of us have said the same, he was head and shoulders City's best player for, for, from all aspects of it, in, in the role that he was asked to perform. He wasn't being asked to, you know, break into the box and he, he's not the sort of player that's going to play the, I don't know, the, the Gascoigne or the, um, you know, the, the Fernandez type, you know, passes and what have you. But yeah, I, I just thought he was superb. But again, I'm not, I'm not, well, no, I am going to criticise because I criticise Gregor, didn't I? But people have got opinions and I, and I get that. But um, Everyone's me, got a different like, opinion. Everyone's yeah. seen, seen it from a different angle. Like, I thought, thought Han Noah was just superb, yeah. I think I, the point I made earlier for me, Patch, is just on that on Biggs's comment, is everything he did, he did outstanding. But I yeah. think what Biggs is saying is there's elements of the game he, he didn't more. do. So, so the yeah. question for me is, as he being asked to provide that role or in yeah. the combination that we've got set up, you've got, you've got the Rottweiler doing his job and you've got Matty yeah. James breaking the lines. So yeah. that, that's the point of, of, of the beauty yeah. of the str- strategic approach, isn't it? Or the yeah. philosophy that we're trying to play. So yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can't, you can't do everything. Yeah. Another tweet from Lee Paul, uh, defensively sound tonight, but we looked bereft of confidence going forward. Lots of positives and better than last season. That that sums up my thoughts a little bit because even though we lost last night, you compare that to the last 12, 13 games of last season and it's miles apart. You know, if if all we said at the end of those sort of 12 games, Matt, last season was we just want to see effort levels upped for a start um, and some exciting football. And you cannot say that last night the effort levels weren't up and there was some exciting football, can you? There are there are ways to lose a game, aren't there? And and last night was a way to lose a game where, you know, I tweeted it and when I was coming out, I said to um, a couple of the fans around me that I, I wasn't, I was disappointed at the result, obviously, but I wasn't gutted because I felt we played really well. And for me, it was probably the best game I'd seen um, and it's difficult when you're watching it on the TV, but that I'd seen Ashton Gate for a number of years. And that includes wins there because I just felt that it was a really good performance. I'm not sure, and I, I very rarely disagree with Lee um, Lee Poole. I don't know that we looked bereft of confidence going forward. I just think it was that quality element to it. I think we were we were attacking with intent and confidence, but it just didn't kind of quite work out. So, um, but yeah, I... I, I you know, I got back to the car and um, I turned on Radio Bristol to sort of listen to see what what other fans would say. And uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm I'm going to have to phone in if anyone starts getting on there and, and being really negative about it. Um, I'm going to have to phone in just because the fact I I just enjoyed the game. I thought it was a really good spectacle from a championship point of view, and it was just that, that the moments of quality, their striker had it with a, a good strike, a good then follow up finish first time. We didn't. And that was the difference last night. I think if you, the team that deserved to get anything from it was really, you know, us. But you've also got to say a, a good away performance from Swansea. Yeah. 
Uh, Nigel Mitchell on Twitter. Good to be back at the gate for my first game for 17 months. Okay, we lost, but the match was full of excitement and for me was mostly played well. If we have to lose, I'd rather lose like that than watch the dross from the last three seasons. Um, Yeah, so another one from Mark Lurwill, um, who is in Qatar. So, you know, we're going worldwide here. Watch the game on BN Sports in Qatar, even though we had a lot of possession. We never looked like really scoring. Okay, up to that point. No different from the Holden or Johnson teams. At least they could win at home. Great atmosphere, though. Not sure about that yeah. second bit, but... Um, no, don't don't you know, agree, with, don't agree I, with that, Mike. Thanks. You know, we, we want these different opinions, so, yeah, so yeah. please do keep keep the tweets coming in. Um, Tim... Uh, Sorry, uh, sorry, Julian Haynes. Well, that was disappointing. Started well, but seemed to lose a lot of confidence after their goal. Lacks cutting edge. Oh, and a right back. Just didn't create enough and too slow to react off the post. Still better than last year, though. So lion's share, Matt, there's, there are more comments, but lion's share were, you know, saying that we're, we're generally happy with last night. Yeah, I, I think, as happy yeah, as you can be with a defeat. With a defeat, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, with the breakaways, it, it actually could have, you know, because we were pushing, it could have probably been two nil, or you know, but they didn't deserve it. And I, and I think I I, I will um, absolutely go back to what what Nige made the point right at the start. Um, that commitment, that effort, that tempo only gets you so far. And if you you're playing like that and not getting results, then that's going to drop because you know you, you recognize it. But, you know, as I say, I, I left last night feeling I really enjoyed it. I thought we played some good stuff. There were some really good performances there. Um, and we've watched some absolute rubbish. So it was good to see. But Nigel Pearson also knows um, that you've, you've got to improve on it. We've got to improve our home record. And the difference for me is that, yes, it's a, a club record 12 straight defeats at home or 12 games. That, is it 12 straight defeats or 12 games without a win? Without a win, is, is it? Yeah, um, which absolutely is. But Blackpool, we should have won. Mm. Of course, it is because we got a draw. Blackpool, we should have won last night. We should have got something out of it, and and arguably should have got the the, the win because of what we did. So, I, I'm seeing steps in the right direction, but it has to continue on that up. Whereas from Blackpool to Forest Green to Middlesbrough, I was worried because we were going the other way. The last two games, I've seen an improvement. Cardiff will be interesting because they will give a different way of playing and we need to then counteract that and you know, do what we're going to do. I'd love to think we'd have another striker in or, you know, another right back. I do think it's probably if we get anyone, it will be another 11.59 situation, um, you know, on the, the last day of the transfer window. But uh, Rightly or wrongly, Matt, I, I've almost, um, I'm almost writing off that last 12, 13 games of last season because it was complete shutdown, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, and I know that, you know, this, it will be in the records forever, but yeah. I'm I'm judging the team and Nigel Pearson on this season now um, in terms of where we go from here and, and the first four games, five games that we've seen so far this season. So I'm not, oh, I'm massively concerned that we're not winning at home, but... It doesn't seem like twelve games without a win. I'm no, not maybe, sure. Maybe, maybe not, and and maybe I think Nigel Pearson himself wrote off some of those last season wrongly. 
Obviously, it was a concern um, that he couldn't get them up before the yeah, end of the season. And, and I think that's, and, and I'll again be interested on, on Nigel's points because absolutely, I know that he he will back and support who we've got in charge. But I also know, Nigel, you've been concerned, haven't you, about whether Pearson is the right man to take us where we want to get to. I have, and I still am. Um, yeah. And I'm, and I, you know, I don't want, I, I want success as much as everybody. So I'm not, I'm not someone that gets um, in a place where I become nasty against managers or yeah. anything. I just see it how I, I, I say how I see it. And I think my concern is, what does Nigel Pearson actually give us? If you take all the hype away and everything else, if you break it down into his individual components, uh, let, what does he actually give us? So he's come out and said that he doesn't do the coaching. He's publicly said he doesn't coach on the grass. He he analyzes, he observes, and he get, and he will come in every now and again and tap someone on the shoulder and give them a bit of advice. So he came out a couple of weeks ago and said, I don't do the coaching. Um, he doesn't sit on the sideline during the games. So if you if you can't look across and have a look in your manager's eye and understand what he's thinking or what he's saying, that concerns me. Um, in the transfer window at the moment, we're clearly not very active. So he's not going out there speaking to players that he's he's managed before. How many of those players would want to come and play for him again with his personality and everything else? We've seen Andy King and Matty, uh, Matty James, obviously. So hopefully that's a positive sign. So the way I look at it is he describes himself as a, ma- a, a, as a almost a project manager. He says, I'm a man manager. I manage situations. I delegate. I, I um, engage with people around me. So when decisions are to be made, we do it as a group, which is fine. And, and I, I'm all for that. But if he's not coaching, and remember last season, fans absolutely berated Simpson and Downing. Well, if they're the ones doing the coaching now, because Pearson isn't, and I know we've just brought Curtis Fleming in, but he's only been in a couple of weeks. What's changed then on the training field if Pearson isn't actually doing the coaching? So that's where I'm coming from is other than his reputation, shall we say, what exactly is he giving us? Is he imparting his wishes of how to train and type of training onto Downing and um, Fleming? I'm sure I'm sure he is. I hope he is. So football's about a philosophy, having patterns of play, understanding what you're going to do on the pitch. What I did see last night is I did see some let's not, you know, we talk about the words DNA and things. So I did see some identity last night. I will say yeah. that I started to see some identity, which I haven't seen for a long time. It's not necessarily the identity I I like, as I said, long balls and, and long throws, but there was at least an identity, but that's what he needs. What's he, um, what's he given us that's fundamentally um, going to change things other than the fear of his reputation? Mm. I think, Matt, it was great to see um, wingers coming back into play in the last few games, something that we've missed uh, since, you know, losing Eliasson. And mind you, that was only wingers on one side. So if he if he's bringing that back, then I then that's a great, great sign. But, you know. Some... So, so I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say left-hand side, I, I can see the width. I'm not, it's difficult. Anyway. I, I suppose when I think of a winger, I think of, Again, we say it quite often on here, but a Dave Smith, an Alan Walsh, a Howard Pritchard, a Clive Whitehead. Adoma. Show me age now. Yeah, a Doma. But players who, who literally are wide, and Cam Pring was that last night and getting on. I don't know that we have that on the right-hand side, and I don't know that we've got the players on the right-hand side. I think Alex Scott is is more technically 
going to be coming inside because he's that sort of player. But you're right, Patch, having the width was was good to see. Um, like like Nigel and, and and I said it with the the Blackpool game and then the the Reading in this one. I can see signs of what he wants to do. I can see signs of us the way we want to play. Just maybe and dependent on what happens transfer window wise and because of the the money situation and saw a really good piece from Dave Febs around FFP that we we probably don't have an awful lot to play with unless maybe if Brownhill moves like it's being rumoured and we get money there, if Nash moves and we get money there, if the likes of James Morton or one or two others go out, you know, that frees up a little bit. But why, can, got, why is that, Matt? Well, I, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. why do you think why do you think we don't have much room for FFP? I, because Lansdowne came out and said we did. Yeah, we haven't made any major signings since then. Yeah, we've released fourteen or fifteen players from the wage bill. Yeah. We've sold as many season tickets, so our yeah. income should be the same. So I'm, I've got a question: I, Why have we not got yeah, room in the, I agree. In the budget? I, I, I don't. I'll, I'll be honest enough tonight to say, Nigel, I don't know enough about the rules of it as to how it all equates. Um, Dave Dave Febbs is is he's, he's a stats madman, um, but you know for him to put it, I thought well there must be something in that. But like you, I'm thinking, crikey, you know almost I thought if the owner funded it as well, that kind of mm. came in. Um, so I don't know, and, and you're right, you know we and the players we let go, and the reasons we let them go because obviously we knew it, case in point with Nathan Baker, we couldn't offer them the salaries they were on. So, you know, that that's there's been a reduction there. So yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe some of that is, you know, there might be some noise with it, but but certainly Dave Dave Feb's got said that you know we haven't got a lot of wiggle room with it. But I do think that the signings of certainly King and in particular Matty James, I'm not sure on Danny Simpson. I'm, I'm really not. I think if you can get a couple more with quality, and then you're looking at it the January transfer window. This season for me is is absolutely a rebuild. Next season, if things go well, I'm not, again, I had a bit of a, a Twitter sort of discussion where someone says, you just got to allow it. And if, if we get relegated, we get relegated. You can't get relegated from the championship. No, I, I, I don't think... You can any decision, can you, where we'll, we'll get relegated to come back up. You just can't do that. No. For me, if we make no signings, I, I still think from what I've seen in the last couple of games, I think we've got enough to stay up personally. Um, but if we want to compete and be, you know, knocking on the door of the top half of the table, then I completely agree. We need those extra couple of people. Yeah. yeah. Who um, replaces Chris Martin, for instance, when he gets injured or when he gets tired? We don't have a replacement for Chris no, Martin. I, I, Do we rely on Semenyo to score his goals? No. Yeah. Does Vyman score his goals? I mean, if we do stay up, we're only going to stay up by the skin of our teeth with the current yeah. squad. Well, in we, we would have to we would have to adjust the formation and go to two up front well, with well, Wells and Conway, uh, for example, if, if Martin gets well. injured. Fans will go, and, and we all know, all of us could say the name one, two, three, who fans think should come in for that physical player, which is Louis Britton. But Louis Britton is still a youngster, especially in terms of his performances at a league level, let alone at a championship level, he does score a, a huge amount of goals for the under-23s. But, you know, to, to chuck Louis in and say Chris Martin gets injured, Louis is the next one in, that's a hell of a lot of pressure on the lad. And if it doesn't work, you know, again, so so for me, that's that that's what I said with this, this, this chat the other day, is that I think we haven't replaced Samara. Um, 
we need that style of striker, someone that when the ball is getting crossed in, or even late in games when we are having a callous throw into the box, you've got someone that is going to really give the centre halves a problem. And we don't we don't have that. We don't have that. One thing I didn't mention that's just come back to my mind was we saw a callous kamikaze, didn't we? Yeah, uh, at some point in the game. Well, yeah. Where he comes yeah. in over the top. It's fantastic yeah. to see, but you've got that moment where you think, oh my God, how's he going to land here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he just gets bounces back up and off he goes yeah. but um yeah. so high risk that i mean the, yeah. i've got a stiff neck and a bad back at the moment and i went i winced when i saw yeah. that but yeah. um yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, it's from a fine... playing f- not from playing football from doing a podcast in the car on the way back from Middlesbrough. well podcasting can be dangerous <laughs> at times you can get injured yeah. so yeah a nine, nine hour trip up and back to Middlesbrough and doing a podcast in a car and uh, I was in a right mess. Um, Matt, let's take it through to the end then. Let's do the ratings. Yeah. So Dan Bentley, um, he actually, and we didn't reference in the minutes, but he did make a couple of good saves. One early on where he sort of spread himself or or I don't know if it's before or after the goal against that, that Perlo. Um, I, I guess I was disappointed a little bit with his distribution last night in terms of the length of time it took him to, to play it out. Um, there was one moment, and I don't know if you saw that on Sky Patch, where um, he allowed the ball to come across him for a, a back pass, and it actually went out of play before yes. he kicked it. Did it actually and, go and out? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I paused it? it, and it was a good ball out of play. Yeah, um, I just felt his distribution wasn't what it was. A couple of times, you know, we're playing it to the sides again, and and you know, the the the, the players got very little to do with it. So I, I'm I'm going to give him a six, but he's he's not making the world he saves that were the difference sometimes last season between us getting a point and not getting a point. Um, even with the goal last night, it was a good strike, but you know, my initial reaction was that he need to die for the first one. Cause I thought it was going to go wide. And then the second one, he's obviously got no chance with. So yeah. I think the, the fact that we, the, the performances that we saw him last season, we've got a higher expectation yeah. of him now. Yeah. And, and that's probably something that we're waiting and watching yeah, for. Maybe. And, and, it's balls in the box as well. Like their keeper was coming for crosses and stuff. And, and that isn't Dan's game. He wants to come in punch, but so I, I'll give him a six, but I don't, I don't think he's hit the levels that he expects himself at the moment, if I'm honest. Um, Danny Simpson. Um, I just wasn't impressed with him last night. I was at Reading. I thought he did okay at Reading. Um, I thought he, he gave us more stability and following on from the Middlesbrough game where Zach had a bit of a, a beast. Um, he played well, but for me last night, I thought he was poor. Um, I'll be generous and go with a five um, because it's what um, a couple of people Rob Rob put in our WhatsApp group. I actually went initially with a four. So yeah, um, I thought a four would have been a little bit harsh myself. I was gonna I was gonna fight for a five if you went for four. Okay, nine. Uh, yeah, I mean four or five. I'll, yeah. I'll 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 give him a four. Okay, so we'll go. It narrows out. It, no, in fact, it goes at four because me and Nigel going for four. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, Callas, I'll go seven. Um, Atkinson, I'll go seven. Although I thought Atkinson, um, obviously he did make the mistake for the goal. I think you can see there's a player there. I actually almost would like to know whether he can shoot. Because there's a number of times yeah. where he takes the ball forward, and you think, you know, just have one, a pop. one more, yeah, one more, and you might have a go. But like Liam Moore on uh, on Tuesday, yeah, yeah. But I do think he's very, very good at bringing the ball out, very comfortable on the ball. 
I like the partnership with him in Calais. I think the left and the right foot that works. Um, I would still be tempted to go to a three with with Baker yeah. coming in against Cardiff. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see if that could work. Yeah. Um, but I don't. But, I don't think he will. I don't so with will. with Atkinson, number of times I just thought, oh my god, this guy. You know, he is. We've described him as a Rolls Royce of defender. Yeah. And then you saw a couple of frailties that you know he did burst out with the with with the ball from defence, yeah. which was great. But then he lost it, and I think on and, one occasion it led to an attack. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd like to see it more <laughs> personally. May, may, maybe on the back of I think he's had a couple of eights from us recently. Maybe yeah. it was a, a six rather than a seven because it was a performance that you know he he, he did okay in, and is what we expect. So I'll I'll take your boys' views on whether it's a six or a seven. Still a seven for me. I, 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 again, I think he's done well. I think I mentioned before, Matt, yeah. after the Villa game, I, I still think there's vulnerability in his game. So he's, mm-hmm. he's not the Rolls Royce that others seem to be describing for me yet, but I yeah. think he's one in the making. So I, I do think there's a mistake in him a little bit too often. That's down to his age, I think. Yeah. He's certainly no Adam Webb. He's, he's no Adam Webster, which someone referred to him on Twitter last night and said, yeah, well, he's I, certainly I, not I, at that level yet. That's no, sure. he's, a, he's a good I, bit I, younger than Webster was when he was with yeah. us. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, yeah. I think I said, <laughs> In one of the podcasts, I think he could be better than Adam Webster if he, he carries on in that trajectory. Because I think he brings the ball out really, really well. But, yeah, we're, we're four or five games in, aren't we? So, six or seven, Nigel? Um, uh, six. Okay. Right, so that was two sevens and a six. So, we'll go seven. Um, JDS, Jay. I like Jay. Um, it's difficult because you, you can't avoid... It. You know, Ian Gay made a really good point. You can work on technique. You can work on attacking, defending. You can't get any taller. You know, and and you know, it's it, 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 a, a bit of a, harsh but true, wasn't it? it? But and it is, isn't it? And and you, yeah. you know, it, almost every game we come up against, and and you can understand why they are going to target that side of the pitch. Um, now, I actually thought we defended well on the left hand side, and actually Jay does win his fair amount of challenges in the air as well. Um, but I think I didn't think it was a great game from Jay last night. Um, yeah. So Matt, can I can I use this opportunity just to share some 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 coaching insight yeah, on yeah. our fallback situation because it's one that I've been doing a little bit of research on to understand myself. So uh, I'm sure you've noticed because we've talked about it before. But why uh, for for several years we play our fallbacks very very tucked in. Yeah. yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And, yeah. and it allows the opposition to constantly play the diagonal ball which puts us under pressure so as a a fan I'm sat in the crowd and thinking to myself why do we constantly have our fullback so tucked in which just exposes ourselves and and also I was analyzing England during the Euros and England do the same thing um so I can only understand the the negatives really that you give an opposition the opportunity to play the diag. It gives the winger then an extra two three four five seconds before they get pressed down and I couldn't see the benefits so I've eventually I, I managed to find some articles last night from a bit of research where the, talks through the philosophy of playing your 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 your, your inverted fullbacks as it were and Pep obviously did it for a bit um, and it's fundamentally it's just because they're saying that the that the the biggest threat on a football pitch is down the middle um, so by playing your fullbacks so tucked in it's allowing the opposition teams to actually have the ball out wide because they can't score from being out wide. 
Mm. Now, what for me I still question is they can't score from being out wide, but they can certainly put a, a shitload of crosses into the box, yeah. which put you under pressure. But yeah. then the argument is, is because you've got at least four defenders in the box, you can then defend that cross. So that's it in a nutshell. It's yeah. basically uh, the, the positives for me, uh, sorry, for me that the, the, the negatives far outweigh the, the, the positives. positives. And, yeah. and I would rather my fullbacks be somewhere between so yeah. not as tucked in as they are. So you've got your open shoulder. You can yeah. spot your winger. You can go and press within one or two seconds, but not allow them to constantly play that diag. And I think what doesn't help is because the fullbacks are short, if they're so tucked in, that ball is going over their head every single time. Yeah. If they're five yards closer, they're going to get the bounce on. And I think the jump on, and I think they'll win more headers. So I think the fact that we've got short fullbacks is not helping the fact that they're so inverted. That's my view on, on that. And it's, um, it's an I, interesting one. I think that the other thing with it, Nigel, and you said it is we've played like that for yeah. the last, probably, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember under Cots. I don't think we did. So probably since Cots left, we've, we've yeah. played like that. And you do get a bit exasperated John, at times, don't you? you Johnson think... brought it in. Johnson yeah. brought it in. And it's the yeah. modern way of playing fullback. Yeah. So if you the article was based on Man United. So Man right. United are playing it with Shaw and uh, yeah. Wansaka. Yeah. Uh, and the Man United fans are also not happy because when they played Man City, for instance, it just allowed City to absolutely yeah. rip them to shreds on, on yeah. the wings. But the theory is, as I said, they can't score from the wings. That's the argument yeah. behind it. But I can't necessarily say I agree with that. No. Yeah, no, I, I get you. Interesting one, though. So I'm I'm going five for Jay. Um, and I think hence the the, the four for, for Danny Simpson, because I did I did think Jay was slightly better than Danny Simpson last night, but maybe that was the combination in the 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 team, you know, the way that him and Campering worked. Um in terms of the midfield, I, re I really like Matty James. Um I think he's a really, really good footballer. Um I thought he got on the ball a lot last night. He's forward thinking, obviously a dead ball specialist. Yeah, dead ball specialist as well. His free kicks are always put in. I mean, he had one, I think he over here. Reading actually patched in it when I said, um, you know, get the camera ready and, and I, it went for a, a, a goal kick. But um, I really like him. He probably will be disappointed himself at maybe not scoring or, or making the keeper really have to make a, a really good save. So I'm going to go seven for, for Matty James. Um, Hanno, I'm going to leave a minute. Um Andy Vyman can't fall. Just, just sorry, just back to Matty yeah. James. I agree with seven. If we win or draw that game, or if we win that game, it's probably an eight, isn't it? And and yeah, and that's probably the case for a number By of margins. Players, you do, yeah, it's it's the margins, isn't it? Yeah. Um Andy Vyman, um, yeah, effort, endeavor, tempo, all of those things we talked about. Excellent. Our man of the match on on Tuesday. Last night, I thought he did all of those things, but but needed to do more when it, it came to the crucial bit, which is why he should be in the team for as a striker. So it's a six for me, for, for, for Andy. Um, Alex Scott, again, it's a funny one because I did think it was his less effective game, as we've all said. Um, so I'm going to go six for him. Um, who, comes in, who comes in for him in that formation? I guess it is Semenyo, but I don't think Semenyo gives you the intelligence that Scott gives you. So you're almost, um, I don't know, I don't know what other options we've got on the bench other than when you then move a Wales or a Vyman out there, which I don't really want to do. Um, so I think it probably is out of Scott and, and Semenyo at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think so, O'Dowda, do you think sorry do you think so, O'Dowda could could play out there? I think O'Dowda's so so naturally balanced on the left. Yeah. I think it would yeah. be uncomfortable for him. Uh, I think he's he's one of those left-sided it, players that really he can play left, he can play down the middle. Yeah. But if you put him out there and and it doesn't go well, then it's square pegs round holes. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, you know, I, I if it, know if it's a question of getting him on the pitch, because Campering is is clearly, you know, the last couple of games we'd like yeah. to see that continue. If it's getting O'Dowda on the pitch and it's so, an so option. For me, so for me, if it's getting O'Dowda on the pitch, then Campering drops the left back. Um, okay. Well, and the you know, and, drops and I, and I said it the other day um, that I would have been looking to play Campering it, it, when we were talking about playing the three at the back. And I said I played Campering as the, the left side and, and a, a guy put, are you mad? Like, you know, Jay De Silva is one of our best players. And I really like Jay De Silva. I don't think Jay's given us enough of what he's capable of doing going forward. He's got this thing where he can get so far and he shows some really quick feet but then it's passed off to someone else and he's not getting enough from an end product delivery. And is, is, is my view on it. Um, but yeah, so, so Alex Scott, I'm going to go six. I did. I've slept on it. I went five last night, but I I think, and I'll, I'll admit having watched some of the sky stuff as well. He was, he was probably um, yeah. Better than a five. Um, campering. Love him. I think he's a, a really good quality player for such a young lad. So, so inexperienced, not going to go over the top, but I'm, I'm going to go seven for him. But I think he's got real potential of, of making that left-hand side defensive or maybe, I mean, I think he said last night, it's the first time in, you know, he's played at Reading. Um, it was on yeah. the radio since he was a kid or 18 or whatever. No, I don't think it can have been 18 because he would have been at City, but as a kid playing youth football, He's played left midfield, you know, he has been that that kind of fullback. So I just think he 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 gives us a different dimension and he's he's powerful. I think with Callum, Callum's a bit more intricate, comes inside, sort of quick feet. More direct. Cam is literally get it, push it, go, strength, get across in, you know, and, mm. and that's that's good to see. So yeah, seven for me. For if he can example. add if he can add to his game, cutting inside and shooting yeah. and scoring, then you know he's going place he's going places yeah. already, but he's you know adding yeah. another wing to his bow. Yeah. Um Chris Martin, um I, I'm really starting to like Chris Martin. Um and I did last season and, and I gotta be careful I don't go over the top with him, but I think his fitness is just, you know, it, it's beyond belief the difference in the bloke from last season I mean he, he he puts a shift in now but he's actually got enough energy and speed to actually put defenders under pressure he's he's very unlikely to go past him because he's not lightning or anything like that but I do think that um he's improved a lot from that point of view finishing last night he will be disappointed should have scored um so I've, I've gone six with with Chris Martin but um I do still feel Despite what, what I know, other fans feel, I do. I do definitely still feel we need another option there. Is there any argument for a seven from you, Nigel, for for Chris Martin? Uh, uh, if you're talking about expectation and the fact that for me his drive, his getting into the box, I mean, there's an argument for me for a seven personally. I don't know, Nigel. I'll let you take the decision on that. I think based on. The ratings that we've given so far um, for tonight, it's a six. But I, I think on another day, as you said, if it's a one-one or or a two-one, then it's probably a seven. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I, I like Chris Martin. I, I've always liked him, but um, clearly, you know, we've got to keep him fit and we've got to keep yeah. him 
playable because we, you know, we were saying last night again that is he going to see out the whole season? That would be the yeah. challenge. And we, and as Matt said, we don't have a direct replacement. So yeah, I, I think based on the ratings, I'd, I'd go with a six for last night. And easily, any number of these could be up by a point because yeah. you know Chris Martin hits the target and the keeper makes a great save. It's a you know, potentially a different sort of kettle of fish, isn't it? So. Um, and then Han Noah, um, I think during the game, I was thinking, shit, I'm looking at nine for Han Noah tomorrow. You know, it was that, it wasn't, um, it was an an eight I've gone for. And, and and maybe there's an argument to say it could have been a seven with an asterisk, but um, I, I've gone, I'm going eight because I just thought it was such a really good performance. Um, all energy, all the things as nice as you, you you wanted him to do and he, he had to do, he did. And he did it with a little bit of class as well with it. And even at the end, he's still running his legs off. Um, yeah, I, I, it was probably the Derby performance away a couple of seasons back. It was right up there with that for me. And I, and I really hope that he starts against Cardiff um, because I, I just feel it was worth, you know, it, it was it was definitely where he should be. Yeah, and and it's often consistency with him, and yeah. he he brought his Reading half an hour, whatever it was, into yeah. tonight's game, and and did it for ninety minutes. Yeah, I do think with consistency as well, though, that patch that you've got to have a run of games, and mm. and you've got to be get trusted, and so I'd like to think that he'll get that now, and we're going to see dips in performance because he's a twenty year old at the end of the day, but I I just thought that was a performance much more of maturity last night, and and I hope that. Um, and when you read the tweets, the vast majority of fans that I've I've seen and read um, have all said it was outstanding. It was top draw. It was, you know, there are one or two that aren't. And, you know, I've said about Gregor's rating, excuse me, but yeah. And I then for that, Nige, um, oh, I think sorry, that Nige Pearson actually likes him. If you remember last season, he praised him quite a bit, didn't he? So he talked about if everybody can get to the same levels as, as Han. So, um I think there's every chance he will have a run in the team. I mean, it all comes down to, to the Andy King scenario, as we've already discussed. But I do think Pearson rates Masenga, so I think yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's it, that's in his favour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for Nige, um, I guess it's a defeat, isn't it? So you, you know, you can the performance was much better. He got them playing at a, a tempo and um, a level. Um, I'm going to go six because it was a defeat and because it's on the back of, and I don't know, I might, is it seven? Because I did enjoy no, the game. I don't think it could be a seven. I mean, you yeah, lose it home. You lose yeah. it home. How can that even be a six? In my opinion, how yeah, can yeah. that even be a six? Well, I, I just felt... I know it's his birthday and everything, but... No, no, no. I, I just felt from a, <laughs> a, a game and what we'd witnessed and the way they went out at it, and it was fine margins. I just felt um, okay. I don't I don't know that he got his changes wrong. I said about campering. I don't know he got his changes wrong. So yeah, I I, I think it was a six myself. Nige, yeah, he's being generous. I think today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. it we Happy lost it. Birthday. We haven't won for a long time, but it is Happy his birthday, birthday. and. Um, I did see some little bits of identity and green shoots. So from being yeah. quite negative earlier in the week to where I am today, um, let's be kind and let's give Nigel six. And let's hope that Nigel can persuade Mr. Lansdowne to get his checkbook out and bring in a striker and a right back before the end of the month. And then we'll, then we'll be happy, won't we? If Steve Lansdowne's watching it, which we know he does, 
you know, you, you surely he is thinking that he is thinking that he, you know, as he's a fan, like we're all fans, and we can all see where we need strengthening. He does and put too much trust in his managers, though, Matt, doesn't he? Yeah, over the years, he, I don't does, think he really. Yeah. I'm not convinced he does. He will be thinking the same thing. I think. Yeah. I think Steve, from what I've seen over the years, I think he brings somebody in. Uh, and same in business, he brings yeah. people in and he expects them to do their job. You yeah. know, same as whether I don't think Nigel would probably take Johnson. take too well no. to Steve saying, "I think no, no, you no. need a striker." No, no, no. But, but what I mean is, I think if he sees it, he releases the funds because I'm sure Nigel Pearson sees it. Yeah. Maybe not the right back position because he's brought Danny Simpson in, but you know, he's he he knows he needs. Someone we don't know enough. Top. We don't know enough about the intricacies of fair play and no. rules and all yeah. of that to make any comments. Absolutely. I guess yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, thank you, Matt. One one final tweet which I I missed was uh, from Doctor Dean Allen, who joined us for the Reading game on Wednesday morning. Um, Despite the defeat tonight, I'd rather see Bristol City attack a game like that and lose than go down to a defensive defeat like last season. It seems Nigel Pearson has them playing at last. We just need a goal scorer to put the chances away. I think that quite summarises, you know, the last hour and 45 minutes um, that we've got. And it shows the fact that we've gone an hour and 45 minutes talking about a defeat. Yeah. I think that there's, you know, definitely things to be positive about, Matt. And, and not much negativity as well. And yeah, just, just one final thing to add. Um, there's a, a, a guy who sits in front of me, Simon Quilter um, from Kenton, big, big city fan. And his dad um, came across the seats last night. Um, he's a, a, an older gentleman or older than me. Came across the seats to me last night, Patch, at the end. And I was thinking, oh, God, what have I said here? Um, and he just said, can I just say, I absolutely love Three Peeps in a Podcast. He said, I listen to it every what, The regular show night. or? Uh, very much the bonus <laughs> show. He, he likes the regular show. He says he quite likes the, the rich guy on it. Um, uh, and, and he likes the Robins Reunited. But no, he, he said he, he listens regularly um, and absolutely loves it and loves the the diverse opinions that that we have. Um, the guests that we have on, obviously the likes of Nigel and the fact that, you know, we do say what we feel and we're fans fundamentally. So yeah, Mr. Quilter, it was very kind of you just to sort of say that. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, always good to hear. Um, Okay, so we are at the end of the show. We're back. Matt, remind me, is it Saturday? Saturday, It It is Saturday. Yeah, just an early early kickoff that threw me. So next Saturday, 12.30, we'll be there in Cardiff for that one. Um, Nigel, are you venturing across the bridge? It's a game I don't normally go to, um, if I'm honest with you. But we were talking about it last night because I think we've sold the two and a half thousand and there was talk about getting some more. So it's probably one to to decide today if there are some more release. Sam, I am yeah. tempted. Um, yeah. I said, it's, it's one I'll, of those games I, I tended not to go I'll, to. In the I'll past. be honest, Nige, the, the, the Ninian Park days. Yeah, um, that's what I, I recall many yeah, of those. So. Yeah, very, very different. I mean, I've been to Cardiff the last three times and it, it's not like that at all. Um, right. Okay. You know, from, from JC's point of view and stuff, it's, it's a, um, in fact, I'd say Swansea was probably more of a, a, a hostile atmosphere. Yeah, it's a, I, I actually enjoyed the Cardiff ones the last couple of times. You can park fairly right. close as well. So, yeah, mm. so I'd say if you can, mate, yeah, get and go. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And it'll be probably a Sunday morning record again, Matt, because yep. it's uh, uh, mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. So, um, uh, happy, happy 50th to, to, to mum and dad. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday. But for now, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks a lot, Nigel, for joining us. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Appreciate it.
Yep, you know, just okay, pal. Get all. me one of them headsets. White walls, the feeling of home, warm smiles, the crash and burn.